Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm going to read you a bedtime story. I'm so excited to bring you another true horror episode where I read your true horror stories of ghosts, aliens, time slips, or some other form of high strangeness. This is the first time I don't believe I had to put out a call for submissions, or I, I know I didn't put out a call for submissions, but I don't, I think this is the first time. These are some of the stories that have been sent to me since the last true horror episode. Feel free, by the way, to send your story whenever you'd like. If you have one, I put them in my true stories folder and bring them out whenever I have enough for another episode. Also, my usual spiel. Skepticism is healthy, and I try not to censor anyone's experiences. However, if I do come across a submission that has blatantly been spiced up with false details, then I will reach out to the submitter to clarify, or I just won't read it, especially if it's incredibly wacky. I wish I didn't have to do this disclaimer, but so far I've been pretty on the money and I'm not kidding. I've had about 10, if not more separate stories that I've asked for more details on since they sounded a little too much like a well-rounded horror movie. And it's come out that every single one of them were either altogether fake or had elements added to them that were. For instance, (laughs) don't end your own true ghost story with a cliffhanger where you're about to be eaten by a shape-shifting demon. My show is mostly fiction. Just submit it to the other category. It's literally more fiction than truth (laughs) on this show. So just, you know, if you have a, or even if you have something that's, was kind of creepy, but didn't end up as like exciting enough in your eyes for a true horror story and you feel the need to embellish, just use it as a jumping off point and create your own horror story and then say, this was inspired by this weird thing that happened to me, but here is a fictional tale about it, you know? It happens all the time. All those horror movies that you say see that are based on a true story, for the most part, the true story is pretty different and tamer than what you see on screen. So that's exactly what they do. Just do that. Um, And I know some of you out there are like, but Shelby, ghosts and aliens aren't real, so they're all fake. And I say to you that I'm sad that you never experienced anything so incredible or unexplainable that you start to think that maybe there's more to the world than what we understand now, because I definitely have. Anyway, with all that said, the first set of experiences is from Mickey Green. These stories are, as best I can remember, in chronological order. When I was in middle school, I remember singing a song all day at school that I had heard in my dream. I just couldn't get it out of my head, but I was sure I hadn't heard it before. When I told my mom the lyrics, she said that it was a very old song that she remembered from her childhood and wasn't sure how I would ever have heard that song in the first place. 
I had a few instances of things that I had dreamt about actually happening in my younger years. I have also always had frequent feelings of deja vu, some originating from my dreams. When I was a freshman in high school, I woke up in the middle of the night for some reason. My bed looked directly out to a living room, with a couch right in my line of sight. When I looked at this couch, I saw shadowy figures with no features standing behind the couch. I told my mom about this the next morning, and her response was, and I quote, they were probably just passing through. When I was in my late teens, a friend and I were out driving around smoking funny-smelling cigarettes, if you catch my drift. We were in rural Wisconsin, so there were plenty of back roads to cruise. Once we got 20 or 30 miles away from our starting point, we stopped at an old, infrequently used, but not abandoned, graveyard. I know, lots of spooky things happen in graveyards. This isn't your typical dumb teenager doing rituals in a cemetery story. It's your typical dumb teenagers flying high above the skyline in a graveyard looking for trouble. My friend and I looked around, found the oldest headstones, read off some names, and found some familiar last names. We found a small maintenance shed and, to our surprise, it held old, worn headstones along with hedge clippers and the like. Now, this wasn't the first graveyard I have visited in the middle of the night, but I had never found old headstones just laying around. We read them and looked for a reason that they were in the shack, but they weren't in disrepair, just worn from Wisconsin weather over the years. Now, I'll remind you that clearly I was not in the best state of mind here. I hoisted one of the small headstones into my arms. The name was something old-timey and feminine that started with an R, I believe. And off we went, back to our homes. Soon after that, I became super paranoid about having this headstone and started burning McCormick sage from a shaker bottle in my tiny studio apartment. The atmosphere in the apartment didn't feel right anymore and I felt so uncomfortable there, like someone was there with me. Disclaimer, this was in the midst of my battle with addiction, but I do truly think these events happened and they weren't a product of me using. Fast forward a few nights, I was at a friend's house, not too far from mine, but I drove anyway. After hanging out with them for a while, it was time for me to go. I walk out the back door to my car, and went to get in. There seemed to be something there, like a shadow, but not at the right angle to be natural. I, naturally, was terrified and opted to walk home in the dark in an interesting state of mind. The whole time I was practically running, I was so freaked out. I felt like something was following me. The next day I went to work at a local fast food establishment. It was a slow time between rushes. We were all chatting and somehow, I'm not sure the context, but the name from the headstone was said. I hadn't told anyone about the headstone yet and my friend that was with me at the time of the crime didn't live in this area 
and wouldn't have been talking to the people I worked with. After our shift was done, I recruited a friend and my now husband to go to the graveyard and respectfully return the headstone ASAP. I can't say things were better after this, but definitely different. As creepy things continued to happen in my apartment, my husband and I began to call the ghost from the headstone Phyllis. I am unsure if that was actually the name on the headstone, but my husband believes it was. My husband and I began blaming every creepy, unexplainable thing that happened to us on Phyllis, which happened to be a lot of things. When we moved into our house, we had a roommate, so when things were moved around or misplaced, we had just assumed that it was just because of the amount of people around our house. One morning, I woke super early to find a candle burning in the kitchen. It had just a small pool of melted wax around the wick, and the candle and surface underneath was cool. I asked my husband and roommate if they had lit it, but they both swore they hadn't. We bought a security system to monitor our home and our dogs. No matter where we put the motion sensor, it would be triggered. We would watch the corresponding video, and there was no movement in the video. This kept happening no matter what we did, until we disconnected the sensor. The most recent notable event was a few months ago. At the time, I was working at an assisted living, part-time overnight. I had worked in many assisted living facilities and had many odd experiences over the years. One night, I was sitting in the sunroom and heard an odd noise. Once I tracked the noise into someone's room, I found that static was playing from the radio, which was turned on. This was on my second set of rounds, so I'm sure the radio was off. I heard the same noise coming from a room down the hall. Same situation. Static. From the radio. Neither of these residents was very mobile, and wouldn't have been able to cross their rooms to turn on the radios. Those two residents were the next two to steeply decline or pass away in our facility. My mom is also a healthcare worker and has worked in many facilities where she has seen or heard things that weren't there. She always told me as a kid and still tells me the things, whether spirits, bad mojo, or just little ghosties, follow her home and can follow people where they go. I firmly believe this is true. There are also many stories of weird, creepy, or just frightening things that have happened at my current place of work, a summer camp and retreat center. Our campus, which we just call camp, is pretty secluded. When I was hired and was being given a tour of all the facilities, we toured this building called the farmhouse. The farmhouse is just as it sounds. It is an original building from the farm that was on the land before camp was established. My tour guide said to me, and this building is the haunted one. And she was right. One of the housekeepers was cleaning the farm when they heard older male voices coming from the basement. The building was vacant and the construction happening was on hold, so no one should have been down there. For context, this is the most disturbing basement I have ever been in, 
old, dingy, cramped, and straight out of an amateur horror movie. The housekeeper also reported hearing the sounds of construction coming from the basement as well. She called down the stairs, but the lights were off, and no one answered. There were no cars out front, and no staff in the building with her. Other instances include hearing voices or footsteps when no one is around, hearing people working in a kitchen without anyone actually being in the kitchen, lights being left on when no one has been in that building, seeing things out of the corner of your eyes. On numerous occasions, people have reported hearing noises that were not normal for that building from the loft apartment and being too frightened to go investigate. Many people spread their ashes on the property or come to cleanse themselves and shake off anything negative. There is so much hurt, pain, and trauma that is shared and let go of at camp that there is no surprise the atmosphere would reflect that in some way. This next story is from Esmeralda James. Hi Shelby, this is a true story of my crazy life with the paranormal. I have lived my life in the paranormal way, and by the age of 14, I had already had nine and a half years of paranormal experiences. Yes, I have been dealing with ghosts and spirits, plus others, since I was four and a half years old. I have many stories to tell, but the one I want to tell today is what happened to me at my grandmother's house when I was 14. My mother and I moved in with my grandmother when I was 13 years old. It was an apartment with three bedrooms and one bath. I know, morning time sucked. My grandma had one room, the second room was rented to a guy, which left the third room for my mom and I. I got a little tired of sharing a room with my mom, and I decided to start sleeping in the living room. By this time, I've already had some encounters with the resident spirit, and by this age, I was pretty much not scared of ghosts. This particular night, I went to sleep, and I used to always sleep with my Walkman. Yes, I am that old. After what felt like hours, I finally went to bed. As I'm in that stage of awake slash asleep, my blanket gets pulled from me, which woke me up because it was a hard pull. I got up, got my blanket, looked around, and went back to bed. To be awakened this time by my Walkman volume completely up and scaring the crap out of me. I was so mad. I had to get up at 5 a.m. to be in class by 6.30 a.m., classes in Venezuela started really early back then. It was midnight and here I am fighting with a ghost that decided bullying me was his favorite pastime. I was so tired and mad that I decided to go sleep with my mom. She asked me what was wrong and all I had to say was ghost for her to say oh and go back to sleep while I was getting in my bed. This was not the only encounter I had with him. Yes we find out it was a male and he committed suicide by jumping from the roof of this apartment building. And the apartment my grandmother decided to rent was his apartment. Lucky me, not. I was his favorite person to torment. The guy that was renting the room got tired of the haunting and left, which I was happy because I got a room for myself. 
One day, I was at my desk doing homework, and in the kitchen, which was in front of my room, sounded like every pan, plate, utensils, and cups fell onto the floor. I come out of my room to check if the cabinets fell from the wall, because that was the only explanation I could come up with. To find nothing, and I mean nothing, not even a piece of paper on the floor. I was happy because I didn't have to pick up anything. I guess he was getting mad because I wouldn't get scared and upped his haunting game. My aunt and uncle with my cousins came from Miami to pick me up and take me back to Miami to go live with them and go to school here in the USA. I don't think my ghost bully liked that idea. The weekend before I left Venezuela, he decided that he was going to scare the living crap out of me, and he did. My cousin and I decided that it would be a good idea to try to communicate with the ghost, and he took this as a sign that everything was a go. From the paintings on the wall moving, to the lights swinging like a tornado was coming by, we were really scared. I think I got scared because the radio turned on at full volume, but it wasn't even plugged in. We decided to leave and wait for our family to come back, sitting on the stairs while we kept hearing things going on in the apartment. I was happy to leave that apartment behind. I've always been a magnet for the paranormal, but being bullied by a ghost was the worst. My mom passed away a couple of years after I left, and my grandma decided to leave that apartment to move in with my brother. The haunting never bothered my grandma, even though things did happen to her. She just wasn't going to give any of her time to this ghost. My mom, well, paranormal was her normal, so she didn't mind either. I am now 45 years old, and it takes a lot to scare me. I have dealt with spirits, ghosts, demons, and other things I couldn't explain. I have true scary stories for days, but I'll just leave you guys with this one. And please remember, the Ouija board is not a game. Our next true tale is from... Danny J. Hello there. I've listened to your podcast for a while now, and I've finally found the motivation to write my personal experiences out and share them. All my life, I've watched paranormal shows and movies, questioning myself if any of it may be real or not. I always say to myself, I want to see it or experience it myself to believe it. And after my grandma's passing in November of 2020, my whole view of the paranormal and ghosts being real took a U-turn. My memory of the timeline of my experiences are a little faded, but I'd say a couple of days after my grandma's passing, I experienced, I'd say, my first interaction with the paranormal. I was laying on my bed, talking to a friend of mine over a video call, and I see off the corner of my eye a white orb fly towards my door. After my friend told me to, I looked around to see if there was a bug or a piece of dust in the air or on the floor to find nothing. I didn't think much of that incident until a day or two afterwards. My family only has one car, so my dad drops and picks up my mom from work most of the time, in which I go with him sometimes. 
As I'm holding my niece, who's sleeping at the time, my dad and I were getting ready to leave to pick up my mom. Since my bedroom is in the front of the house, I always keep my bedroom light on whenever I leave, as an effort to prevent any burglars since I don't live in the best of neighborhoods. I go into the garage to put my niece in her car seat, as my dad is still inside turning the alarm on. As we are pulling out of the driveway, I notice my bedroom light is off. So I asked my dad why he turned it off, and he said, I didn't turn it off. I went on to say, why is my bedroom light off when I remember turning it on? I was wondering why it was on the entire car ride to and from picking my mom up. That same night, my family and I walk into my house. My mom still at the front door, taking her shoes off, while my dad was holding my niece, walking in front of me, where we walk past the laundry room, to hear a loud clank of metal drop on the laundry machine. To think my parents and I all heard that made me feel frightened and a little relieved knowing that I'm not the only one having weird encounters, I guess you can say. Around the same time slash week of that encounter, my sister came to pick my niece up from work. I was playing video games with my friends when I hear a knock on my window, thinking it was my dad asking for help or something. So I answer the front door after hearing the knock and open the door for my dad. He asked me, why did you lock the door? I told him how it wasn't me. We asked my mom and she said she was in her room on the phone with relatives, which is where she was when we asked her. My mom would then jokingly yell out, maybe it's mom, as my dad and I left the room. I asked my dad if my sister locked it and he said how she was in front of him holding my niece. We were playing with the lock, seeing if it could have locked itself, and there's no chance in hell it could have done it itself. As finals were approaching, I was home alone, finishing up an essay. It was dark outside, but I kept the blinds for my sliding glass door open. While I was on the couch, I started to get these weird vibes as if I wasn't alone or I was being watched. It got so bad to the point where I didn't even want to look behind me into my pitch black backyard fearing I'd see someone or something at the window. So I go into my parents' room with my dog so I can use their TV as some background noise while on my laptop. I wasn't even in my parents' room for a long time until I hear the floor creak right outside the door. As I pause the TV, I hear three more creaks going away from the door. The weirder part is how my dog stood up on the bed and stared at the door as if he heard that too. I call out to my parents and no answer. I call out to my sister and still no answer. I text my parents and my sister immediately to ask if they were in the house and my parents say they were on their way back home and my sister said she was at her house. Nobody else should have been home except me. I was alone. As I hear my parents enter, I leave the room to look around the house. One of the last rooms I check was my grandma's room. I remember vividly hesitating, opening the door, but still doing it anyways to find nothing but an empty bed. To say that experience scared the shit out of me would be a major understatement. Around three weeks after my grandma's passing would be the night after her funeral. I was watching TV in the living room and I remember putting a cup of water in the sink. As I sit back down on the couch, I hear something fall into the sink. 
I got up immediately to check out what that was, to see nothing but the cup I just put in there, still standing, with water inside, shaking from side to side. I looked to see if water just dripped into the cup from the faucet, but the faucet was at an angle where if water were to drip, it would have been outside of the cup. That little experience was the last of my experiences after my grandma's passing. These may be on the simpler side of horror-slash-paranormal experiences, but I just wanted to share the experiences that I think of constantly that also have some meaning to me. Ever since then, I still couldn't find an explanation to those experiences, but I've come to a conclusion of those once-viewed scary incidents, now being probably the last of my grandma trying to say her final goodbyes to me and my family. You know, one thing I've always struggled with is finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. Plus, I am not the best with numbers, but now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. And I know you do not have the time or mental bandwidth to deal with customer service, but don't worry, they'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. That's rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. Rocketmoney.com slash scare you to sleep. Now, this next story was sent along with a video I've reached out to Tracy, who is the person who sent this story to me, to ask if I can upload the video footage for you all to see. Um, So I'm just waiting to hear back. And Tracy, if you're listening, if you don't want me to upload it for privacy reasons, because it is, you know, it's your video, that's totally fine. But I just wanted to put it out there. Uh, So this is from Tracy. Hey, Shelby. I've been an avid listener of your podcast for about a year now. I love it so much. I'm also in both of your groups. I love to bake too. Thank you, Tracy. Anywho, I wanted to share my own personal experience from 2017. I do have footage from my security camera, which I will attach for you to see. I have to start by telling you that my husband works swing shifts, meaning one week he will be on first shift, the next will be on second shift, and the following is third shift. This happened while he was on third shift, naturally. So, 
He had gone to work and I was asleep, and so was our then-toddler, who had recently started sleeping in her own bed, in her own room. The house was silent as usual, even the cat was asleep, and then I heard it. At 3.30 a.m. sharp, the doorbell rang. I woke up terrified, thinking, who could be at the door at this hour? I texted my husband at work before I remembered that we had a security camera perched on the front of our house. I checked. Absolutely nothing. I even played back the street's footage for the entire hour. Still nothing. How weird. I couldn't get back to sleep peacefully after that. Something just felt so off. At some point, I finally fell asleep and woke up around 5.30am to start getting ready for work. As I'm getting ready, I recalled what happened earlier and sat down and grabbed my phone to look at the security camera footage more closely. There had to be something I missed. There was no way. I knew what I heard. And there it was. I knew it. At 3.47 a.m., there was what I assumed to be a cat or another similar animal darting across the street. It then stopped short and ran around what appeared to be a white, very large, humanoid shape standing by our mailbox. It felt ominous. I can't explain it. It didn't feel right at all. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I remember going into work in a little bit of a daze, probably because I didn't sleep well, but also because I was so lost in thought over this. I showed my boss, who got instant chills and the same weird feeling I did. After this happened, my husband suffered horrible, horrible sleep paralysis. He would wake almost in tears, a man who hadn't cried since his grandfather passed away. He explained that he would see a horrible creature, covered in blood, that was trying to kill him and just had this overwhelming sense of fear and anxiety. We had various inexplicable things happen in the house after that too. Odd sounds, anxiety, etc. I explained to my family what was going on and my brother recommended that I smudge the house with white sage, which I did several times over. It was like a dark fog lifted after a while. The sun shone brightly through the windows and front door, something we hadn't seen in a while. Attached is the video footage. What do you think, Tracy? I will let you know. Keep an eye on social media, and I will let you know if Tracy gets back to me. That one creeped me the fuck out, by the way. I don't know about you. I got chills reading it again. She sent this in January, and I have read it several times, and here they are back. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. Okay, on to our next story. If you use this, please don't use my name. I love your show, by the way. This is true. It's kind of boring, but I swear to you, it's all true. When I was a kid, my parents bought their first house. On the front brick of the house, beside the door, was a ceramic plate with the Virgin Mary on it. I remember when my dad removed it, an old woman from across the street came right up onto the porch, yelling at my dad, no English, very upset, almost in tears. Her son, a friend of my dad's now, came over and explained what she was saying. There was something wrong with the house. It was blessed and the Virgin Mary protected the house. Now that my dad had broken the plate, we weren't safe. 
dad was polite and humored her. He even let her priest re-bless the house to stay friendly in his new neighborhood. I can't remember the first time I saw her. But I can picture her now. Standing in the kitchen. Always and only in the kitchen. A pale woman in a light blue dress. She never spoke to me and she would disappear between blinking. I never said a word because I thought it was my imagination. That and I knew my dad would tease me. We aren't superstitious people. After a few years, my dad finished the basement and so my sister and I had our own rooms and a little living room to ourselves. I remember my sister, she would have been 10-ish by then, crying in the night. She had to pee, but was afraid to go through the kitchen at night because she was afraid of a lady she kept seeing at night. A lady in a blue dress. We never told anyone, I'm not sure why. I'm over 40 and it felt like a childish dream or fantasy. I was at that house recently, fixing a dishwasher. My parents rent it to a couple of students now. While I was fixing the washer, they were making fun of one of the tenants. He swears sometimes at night. He sees a woman in a blue dress. There is no way some 19-year-old kid could know. I haven't lived there in over two decades. I never said a word. I couldn't. I never told my sister either. It's hard to explain it, but... It's hard to talk about it. Not the scariest story, but my sister tears up when she talks about it. It stayed with us our whole lives. This is the first time I've shared it with anyone but my sister. Again, please don't use my name. It's strange. I'm not sure why, but I don't want my name on this. This next story is from Mackenzie. It's a little different than our previous stories, so... Hey Shelby, I love your show. Uh, Thank you so much, and I hope you're doing well. I usually cut this part out. This time I'm going a little off the cuff. Um, This week got away from me. I thought it was the wrong day every day this week. I swear to God, today is Friday. I'm recording this on Friday because I thought yesterday was Wednesday, and I knew I was running a little late in the week, but I thought I had a whole day. So that's how my week has gone. Anyway, um... It's currently 30 degrees and I'm waiting for things to warm up before continuing my outdoor chores. So I figured I'd send you this true story of mine for whenever you might use it. Hopefully. Why I don't go through, why I don't look through missing persons. I don't really like to talk to people about my paranormal experiences. Mainly because I don't like having to try to convince my own experiences actually happened. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me but I feel like you guys are safe to talk to. I am by no means a psychic. I can't tell your fortune or anything like that. Sometimes, however, I get these gut feelings. Occasionally, they're accompanied by images in my mind. A strong smell or being able to feel certain textures also occur. I've always hated the missing person photos you'd see in places like Walmart. It wasn't that I didn't care, but they always made me feel uneasy. One night, I was scrolling through TikTok and came across a video of a guy talking about a missing person. I took it upon myself to Google this case. While searching it, I came across a website that listed missing people from the entire state, 
I scrolled looking for this person when three individual photos made me stop. They were black and white, I think from the late 50s, I don't remember exactly. Three young boys smiling in school pictures. They were brothers, I assumed, because they all had the same last name. I just remembered looking at their eyes. I couldn't look away. I felt an overwhelming sense of dread come over me. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt incredible fear, like I had never felt before. I knew immediately something terrible had happened. An image of dead leaves and grass flooded my mind. An overpass with water running underneath. Rocks, water, the smell of damp earth all filled my senses. I saw a man in a jacket. He wasn't alone, but I couldn't really see the other person. Now, what happened next was just flashes of images, along with really terrible feelings. I saw blood and the feeling of being strangled. One of the boys had been hit in the head and one of them strangled. Those two bodies were left together. The youngest they took and did horrible, awful things to before killing him. I just started crying. The feeling was so terrible, I had to step away from my phone to compose myself. I came back later to read what the report said. The three brothers, I think five, seven, and nine, were on their way to a park in the suburb of a large city, maybe Chicago. That was the last anyone ever saw of them. I Google mapped the area, and I am sure that there is a river that ran nearby in the area. I feel like these boys were playing by that area instead of going to the park. That's where they were attacked. All of this, of course, is just simply my own soul telling me these things. I have no way to prove any of it. And it also happened almost 70 years ago. It kills me. The images and emotions. I hope in some ways that I'm wrong. But I can't get the images of their faces out of my mind. This is why I don't look through missing persons cases. All right, this next one is from Steven. We're almost done for the night. Um, sorry, this is a little shorter. Again, I got a, I, uh, I had a whole day go <laughs> fly away from me. And the neighbor's dog will not stop barking. I really apologize if you heard it through any of this. Um, I know I don't usually interject in betweens. This is odd. This week, you know what? We're all a mess sometimes. This week, I'm a mess. If you join Patreon, (laughs) this is kind of what the episodes are more like. Um, I'm a little more casual on there. So this is a taste of what that is like. Um, I apologize. Seriously, the neighbors, I don't know if they got a new dog because this feels new. Just barks and barks and it comes from next door through my closed window, through my curtains, into my microphone. It has the most high-pitched, like, reaching bark I've ever heard. Anyway, um, here we go, from Stephen. Hello, I listen to your show every night as I am going to bed, and I love it. Thank you, Stephen. My favorite episodes are the dark Reddit ones, which has inspired me to share my story, so maybe it could be read in an episode two. Here it is. I'll start off by saying I'm 22 years old, and I'm not a strong believer in ghosts and spiritual things. One night, while I was in the first grade, I woke up from an awful nightmare. 
In this dream, I was being terrorized by this tall cowboy. The dream was so bad that I was screaming and I jumped out of my bed to run to my parents' bedroom. As I approached the doorframe of their bedroom, there stood the same cowboy that was haunting me in my sleep. He had his arms and legs crossed as he lied across my parents' door. He had a cowboy hat covering his eyes and a toothpick in his mouth. My parents sprang out of bed in horror that their son is screaming bloody murder at 2 a.m. The second my mom comes out of the bedroom, the silhouette of the cowboy dissipates. She made me a late night snack and comforted me until I was able to go back to sleep. The next day, my young mind woke up like normal and I completely disregarded the previous night's horrors. That was until I went back to sleep. I had another dreadful nightmare that awoke me from my sleep and for a second time, the antagonist of my dream was there in the real world. This continued happening each and every night for about a week, and my parents just assumed I was going through a rough phase. Then one day, after getting home from school, a nightmare was forming right there in the middle of the afternoon. I hadn't even slept this time, yet I was seeing things nobody else was. I was in the living room, and there was a beautiful red brick fireplace in the center. I saw a massive creature of some sort that had a giant pumpkin head and a smug and eerie look on his face. Being in the middle of the day, my parents were hesitant in believing I was actually seeing anything. They assumed I was just making things up for attention at this point. However, I assured them enough so they scheduled me an appointment with my doctor. The doctor did a routine checkup, but he didn't do anything out of the ordinary. The next night I went to sleep though, the nightmares were gone, and I never saw anything come to life like they had previously. Years went on and I just assumed I grew out of it because I was quite young. One time, while speaking with my mom, the memory got brought up. She shed some light on what actually happened with the doctor. After they did their routine checkup, they had me leave the room so my parents and the doctor could talk individually. The doctor recommended that they cleanse the house with some sort of spiritual concoction, but to not let me know about it. To this day, I still have no idea why I saw these things and how cleansing the house rid it of these monsters. And our last submission of the night comes from Kayla. This story is something that happened to my grandmother when she was home alone and was told to me by my aunt and mother who were told by her. I still don't know whether to call this a paranormal event or not, but it is definitely strange. Before I get into the story, I have to tell you a bit about my grandma, and I will be doing this again in the middle of the story. She takes a hell of a lot of medication for various things. Like seriously, she once jokingly showed me how she downs like eight or nine different pills at once with a protein shake. It was wild. This is important because my family thinks this explains some of her odd sleeping behaviors. She can fall asleep in seconds. She will talk in her sleep a lot, and there have been multiple times where I see her appear to wake up, eyes open, start talking, but she's not talking to me. She's having a whole conversation with someone else, or still dreaming, I assume. Anyway, 
This story revolves around one of her bizarre dreams. I'm going to be jumping back and forth from things that happened that night and things my grandmother told the family afterwards. Hopefully this order isn't confusing. One late night, while my grandmother was asleep, she was awoken by aggressive knocks on her front door. It was the police. They said they were responding to a 911 call they got from her house. Apparently, my grandmother had called them claiming there were hooded children attacking her in her room. She also called her sister, my great aunt, who lived next door, saying the same thing. My great aunt took the call so seriously that she also called the police over there. My grandmother told them she had no memory of making the calls and said she just remembered sleeping and having a bad dream. Since the police were already there, they decided to do a quick search of the house just to be sure. Her house is small, one story, three bedrooms. They found nothing out of the ordinary until they got to my grandmother's bedroom to find it was absolutely wrecked clothes all over the place, drawers open, stuff from her cabinet out and on the ground. It really looked like a storm blew through this one room. Now this is where I have to pause and tell you another thing about my grandma. She has been handicapped ever since I was a baby. Remember the pills I mentioned? Well, some of those are for pain for a hip surgery she suffered many years ago that unfortunately left her in a wheelchair. She is also on the heavier side. I wouldn't say obese, but she is big, and that combined with her limited ability to walk makes it pretty damn difficult for her to move around, get in and out of her chair, on and off the toilet, in and out of cars, and of course, in and out of bed. So I'm not saying it's impossible that she herself, whilst she was still asleep or dreaming or whatever, trashed her room but it is very hard to imagine. When the police asked her what had happened to her room, she said she had no clue. The only thing she remembered is seeing the hooded children in her room. The police found nothing else and went on their way. Nothing like this has happened since. I wish I could tell you more about what they looked like or more from my grandma's point of view, but she found the whole situation quite embarrassing and it makes her uncomfortable, so I really don't want to bother her with it. I will just add that the children she described reminded me of another story. If you are a fan of Scare You to Sleep, you may remember the story about the siblings home alone and the two black-eyed kids in hoods showing up at their door. Not trying to say that's who wrecked my grandma's room. She didn't even mention what their eyes looked like. But it did have me thinking, what if? You know, maybe one day I'll ask her about their eyes. Thank you so much to all who submitted your very personal stories tonight. Thank you so much. That was amazing. I really appreciate it when you share something so personal again. Thank you. Um, if you have any uh, questions for the authors, I guess, you can always follow the show, remember, on social media, and I'm sure many of them will see them. I've seen that happen before. So Twitter, uh, Instagram, both at Scare You to Sleep, Facebook, there's a big group that is getting close to 5,000 members. I mean, that's bananas. Thank you so much for joining. 
Um, thank you to a lot of my new listeners, especially those from Relatos de la Noche. Um, thank you so much for coming over. I've seen a lot of you join the Facebook group or tweet at me, and that's been so great. It means so much to me. And if you haven't checked out that show, go check it out. You've probably heard the ad playing uh, my little promo where I talk about them fantastic show it's a spanish language show so if you know spanish or if you're learning spanish what a great way to learn spanish through horror you know um so yeah go check that out um let's see i went this week to a graveyard and filmed a lot of footage so a new video will be coming soon there might be another video in between that i'm very new at video things so there might have to be like an, one similar to the last one that's a little simpler before I get this one all put together because I took a lot of footage for you all. Um, I just thought it'd be nice uh, just to give a little sneak peek. Um, for those of you who don't live in Southern California or LA or anything, I went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery where a lot of famous people are buried and took a lot of footage. So I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm um, excited to talk to you about some of the people who are buried there. Um, I hit some of the bigger people, but also I found some people who you may not know who they are, but they're still very fascinating and important. So very excited to share that with you. Um, I got my first little sunburn of the year, which was nice. It's always, it's kind of a fun little spring is here. Um, what else? What else? What else? I don't really have any other announcements. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, I think I'm going to be doing, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing another sort of true episode. I was uh, looking through all of my episodes and sort of catalog. Ca- I was going to say categorizing and cataloging them at the same time. So it was catalogizing them, them. And say <laughs> I was going through all of my uh, kind of true, you know, like my lighthouse, my haunted castles, those types of stories. Um, and just making sure I don't repeat anything. And I realized it's been quite a while since I've done one of those. Uh, like a while, while. I can't remember the exact last time I did one. I don't have it pulled up right now, but it's been a good minute. So I thought it'd be fun to do true stories this week, maybe some true hauntings or something of the sort, any sort of high strangeness. If you, hey, if you can get at me this weekend with a crazy topic that has a lot to let a lot of juicy meat for me to bite into, um, i.e. research things or but you know biting into juicy meat is a much more fun way to say that um but anyway (laughs) if you um have a topic feel free to tweet it at me uh don't dm me on instagram um i'm so sorry my instagram dms have become sort of a wasteland it is nothing personal it's gotten really hard to keep up with them and go through them And so I'm so sorry about that, but, uh, you can reach me. Facebook group is a great place to tag me. You can email me. There's a contact form also on the website for you to send through. So there's lots of ways to, um, call me, beat me, you know, if you want to reach me. So, um, yeah. Uh, also of course, join the Patreon. That's fun. Go follow the Facebook group. I mean, sorry, that was not what I... I said the right thing, but that was not at all what was in my brain. I meant to say, go follow the YouTube channel. I'm just on autopilot. It's been almost four years for your anniversaries coming up soon in a couple months. Um, go follow the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please, because not only am I going to be uploading videos there, but I'd like to start doing some live, 
like Q&As or chats, you know, do some things that are more interactive with all of you. I'd really love to start doing that. And I know Twitch is an option, but I just feel like for right now, YouTube is more accessible to more people. I know pretty much everyone uses YouTube, you know, right? Um, but so yeah, go follow the YouTube channel. It's just scare you to sleep. And you can please subscribe, hit the little bell icon so you know when I'm going live and I'll try to give a heads up too. But I also want to do some like little spontaneous ones just to, you know, maybe if I'm filling out some Patreon stuff later, um, I'll have to figure that out because um, I'd have to do it when I'm not actually filling out envelopes so I don't accidentally dox all of you. <laughs> I won't do that. Believe me, I, I will be very careful. I promise. Um, but yeah, so follow me there. Sorry for this casual episode if this is not your speed and you prefer me to be a spooky mistress of the night. Um, this week, again, got away from me. Do you ever have those weeks? I'm not kidding. I messaged a friend this morning because I got an email about a very exciting opportunity that I might be a part of. But anyway, that person replied to me and said, we'll circle back next week and pin down a time for us to meet. Until then, have a lovely weekend. And I went weird to say on a Thursday and then I went to message a friend to just kind of be it's a friend of mine who we just send a lot of voice notes back and forth to each other we're basically like it's like we're on the phone all day um, but not really because it's just voice notes so it's not the pressure of being on the phone but like the experience anyway <laughs> um, and I was gonna tell her that's weird that this person said that on a Thursday and I looked at my phone and it was not Thursday and I swear, this wasn't even like a, oh, I just didn't know what day it was all week. No, I think I said something to someone yesterday about it being like hump day or something. Ugh. I, I don't know what happened to that day. I really don't. I think I lost Monday. I'm going to say it was Monday I lost. Could have been Wednesday, maybe. It wasn't Tuesday. Tuesday I went to the cemetery. Monday I have no fucking idea what I did. I'm sure I did something. I existed in the world, right? Maybe I didn't. Maybe I had my own time slip. I don't even know. <sighs> Weird. All right, everyone. Oh, Patreon shoutouts. I'm not going to get left behind, so I'm reading 800 of them at once. I have them pulled up right here. But thank you so much. I had an overwhelming response, and so many people joined Patreon since last week, so there are still quite a few. Not as many as last week, but still quite a few, which is, again as I said last time, a fantastic problem to have. So it's not even a problem. So Patreon shoutouts. Okay. Um, get ready. Oh, for those of you who don't wish to wait around for Patreon shoutouts, which I totally understand you, please go drink some water, go get some sleep and sweet dreams for the rest of you. Here we go. Thank you from the bottom of my little black heart to Sarah Shine. Kate Swearingen, Megan Toft, Craig Neeson, Matt Miller, Martin P. Kurtz, Hilda. <laughs> it's and it might be Hildy, actually. Hildy Marciniak. Mar Marciniak. Marciniak. Oh yes, I'm, I'm gonna stay with that. It's probably wrong, but that's what I'm sticking with. Hildy Marciniak. Hildy roast me feel free. By the way, if you join Patreon, feel free whenever I put up the um, ad-free version of this episode, 
tell me how terrible I did to your name because some of you have already roasted me and I loved it. I fucking loved it. Thank you so much. Um, Adrian Douglas, Ash Young, Sarah Daniel, Alyssa Aguilar. Is that supposed to be? Ag- no, it's Aguilar. Yeah. Um, or, but I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I was, my brain wanted to say Aguilar, which is a, and it, there's no L. So I, per- I'm sorry if that's not how you say that. Um, Tanya Waldire. Yes. Kylie Larson. Caitlin Newman. Jennifer Solomon Brigham. Brigham. It's not Brigham. My brain's putting letters where there's none. It's Brigham. Sorry, Jennifer. Morgan Acton. CL11B. Thank you. It's always nice when a robot decides to join. Pooja. Thank you, Pooja. I am very familiar with you. I've talked to you a lot online, I'm pretty sure. Um, Lauren Rossi. Maybe. Corinne Jenkins. Joshua Rowe. Hey, Joshua. Oh my God, it's great to see you. I've talked to you many times online. Shelby W. Ugh, Shelby W is the one who has the amazing cookie recipe I told you all about. Um, so welcome. Thank you so much for the support, Shelby. Um, Shelby's got to stick together. Uh, let's see. Jessica Bosch. Miley Stevenson. I think that's Miley. Yes, Miley. Um, again, roast me. Sapna Shell. Alyssa Deal. Andrea Vargas. Andrea this is a name that can be pronounced so many different names. And Andrea, Andrea, or Andrea, whichever way you pronounce it, I know you know. I know you know that. Um, one name, one even one spelling can be pronounced so many different ways. I have met several who are like, I think I've got it. And they're like, no, it's Andrea. And then it's like, no, it's Andrea. And then that's, no, it's just Andrea. And so my apologies. Uh, Miss Vargas, uh, Valerine Rajathi, Valerine, I think I got your name right. Uh, again, spoken to you so many times online. Love you to death. Have never said your name out loud. Have only read it in my mind. So, um, I hope that was right. And Davina, thank you, Davina. And that is it for this week. All right, everyone. So my Patreon patrons, or if you're not, and you just decided to stick around to hear me butcher some names, that's fine too. Um, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.